Sandwich Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And for today's book, so we've taken a different approach again, right? We can never seem to get summer reading where we wanted. <laughs> so this time we have, I think we have really fun things for the summer. I think people are really going to enjoy them. And the one we have today is actually a graphic novel. And it's called Season of the Bruja by Aaron Duran and Sarah Soler. And it is super cute. It really is. I'm trying to remember who is who. Like, Aaron, I'm looking at the back of it. I feel like they typically do writer first and then artist. But I might be wrong. No, he's the writer of Mexican Descent. And Sarah, I mean, they have extensive you know, examples that were just in a bunch of different things. And I think she's from Spain. So, yeah, those are the two people. So why season of the Bruja? Well, first of all, we've talked about in other podcasts how enjoy your summer, right? You can do things that are witch adjacent. Um, Maybe the summer isn't the time that you want to start something, even though we are going to talk about learning new things in the summer, in a different podcast for the summer. So, the summer really needs to be like a mix of I'm doing something for my practice, but I'm doing something for me and something yeah. that's fun. And we also sometimes when we start reading about a certain book, we'll say, OK, this is a closed practice. So if you want to learn more about it, you can. But we're not suggesting that you jump in and say, OK, now I'm going to be an X, Y, Z. That's what I kind of like about Season of the Bruja. So I, I, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm just we're going to talk kind of generalities and specifics as far as maybe culture but i don't want to give the storyline away or should we give it away a little bit um we're gonna keep all spoilers at the end and i will like let you guys i will say if we're gonna say a spoiler we'll be like hey spoiler warning here okay um because there are certain things that i would like to talk about with you about the the story um okay so it's about a girl (laughs) who hasn't hasn't discovered that she's a bruja yet I mean, she knows something's up in her family. She She's like surrounded by magical beings, but she hasn't come into her power. Yeah, that's what I that would say. be. That's it's not that she hasn't discovered it. it. Yeah, she hasn't come she into knows, her power. She knows, but she doesn't, she's not good at it yet. Yeah. Right. And there's things that she doesn't know and things that she pieces together yeah. as the story progresses. And it's about her relationship with her grandmother. That's okay to say too, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like how far. Listen, let's start from the jump. I, okay. when I started reading this, I was, I, I don't know why I had it in my head that this was still going to be like a very educational, like witch space academic book and you jump in and this is like literally the first page. So I'm not even giving you a spoiler warning here. Immediately you're hit with like a magical event happening, like a mystical supernatural event that is very much like a fictional story. Um, and that's, that was great for me to immediately get me out of the mindset of like academic book, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, this is a, this is a fun story. Did I learn things? Yes. But this is a story first and foremost. And, you know, that story is this sort of like coming of age moment of Leah, Althalia. Um, and it is strongly related to her relationship with her grandmother. And I think that that's something that helps for any witch because I think that there's like this romanticized idea of like the grandmother passing on the witchy secrets so it's like you know you might not be Mexican but you get it yeah yeah I think that's universal 
which the best stories are. And I think that's what I was probably trying to say is this idea that it's not an academic book, so you can't appropriate anything, but it's a great way to appreciate yeah. storytelling, because again, it's a work of fiction, with, you know, this knowledge that the names they're giving you are actual names. Look them up. Yeah. Find out more. You can find out more of the mythology of some of the things they talk about here and learn about, you know, different aspects of Mexican spirituality. It's not the only spirituality. It's an aspect. It's one part. It's one part of Mexico. Um, and they just, I love that they use the names of actual beings. Yeah. And it's very much, you know, i that's something that I love about fiction in general. Um, this is like a personal preference of mine when you get a story and they don't assume that you're dumb. Because, um, like, I love when a story just, just goes with it. It's like, here are the names of things, here's some Spanish stuff, here's words in uh, Mayan or Aztec. I didn't, like, look up which one it was. I'm going to delete that part. Here's words in an indigenous language, you know, um, and you just go with it. There's no, like, little note at the bottom. There's no, you know, 10-page, you know, explanation. I love that. I love that because I don't need to... I do not need immediately in the story to know all of the information. I need to know the story. Am I a Gemini going to go look all of this stuff up? Yeah. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. The story is still completely uh, consumable without knowing. And, you know, even though I know Spanish, this is not my culture. So for me, it was just fascinating to just see where this story was going to go and how they were going to approach magic. And again, it's also not real. The story didn't happen. Things don't happen this way. Yeah. The magic is a little bit too much Hollywood magic, right? The magic that all witches really yeah. wish we could do. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't detract from it. Grandmother. Grandmother and her relationship with grandmother really got me because, of course, I thought about my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And my great-grandmother used to wear flowers in her hair. And that's something that my mother always would say to me whenever I put flowers in my hair. She's like, oh, there's Teresa, you know, my great-grandmother. And, of course, the great-grandmother here wears it. And my, my great-grandmother never cut her hair, just like the grandmother here has a long, thick braid of gray hair. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of little things that I'm like, I love grandma so much. Like, her grandmother's yeah. just amazing. Another interesting thing that I thought they did here is, I mean, you need to have... You need to have a villain. Yeah, we're, we got to talk about it. This this is not really, this is not a spoiler. No, I don't think so. There are spoilers I want to talk about, but this is not a spoiler. The villain is the church. Yeah, Unsurprisingly. the Catholic church, the, the oppressors, the colonists. Yeah, colonizers. I, it's, it made so much sense. And it still was like this moment of like, oh, because, you know, I mean, first of all, raised Catholic. But second of all, when you think about, like, how Catholic a lot of the Spanish-speaking countries are, to really just come out and be like, nah, fuck you. You're the bad guy. Like, that's that's a powerful statement. Um, also, I have a crush on the villain because he's giving very, like, boondock saints energy, like, tattoos on the hands and stuff. I was like, oop, I love you. You're bad, but I love you. <laughs> I have to admit, I was surprised too. And then, and then I was cheering. Then it was yeah. just like, oh my God, you guys went there. 
so I'm on these different Taino forums and I don't know what the question was, but somebody came in and they quoted the Bible and the next immediate comment was, dude, you're on the wrong page for this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, of course, like the attacks started coming, like about sinning. And they're like, oh, my God, like this is not we're not following this. And I think it takes a lot of courage to do something like that in a comic yeah. because and again, I don't know any of his past work. I am going to look into it, though. But it does take courage because, like you said, you know, a lot of Latin America is still very much Catholic. Yeah. So the idea that I'm going to do this, like I, even Catholics will go, well, isn't that sweet? She's going back to her roots and we all have stories about our abuelas. And then boom, and then boom, here's and it's like, you know, so I liked it. I like that a lot. I it, it was also giving me 30 coins energy, mm-hmm. which I want to say is HBO or HBO Max. Oh, well, it's so, just Max now, which is some bullshit. Oh, but, oh, okay, sorry. That's no, how old fine. I am. I HBO can, it was... No, it was like 15. It was literally like two months ago they changed it. And I'm, I'm annoyed oh, by it because okay. it's dumb. That's a separate well, problem. <laughs> 30 Coins is a show, 30 Monedas, for people who speak Spanish. It's a Spanish, from Spain, TV show. And the storytelling is absolutely out of this world because they're not going to any Latin American country. It's just them and this idea that these 30 pieces of silver, I can't think of his name, Judas, that Judas received for basically ratting out, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. is like the key to the Antichrist. He will come through the 30 coins. So basically the Catholic Church took all these coins and they dispersed them. And we're following the la- I think it's the last coin that winds up in the hands of this woman. She's a veterinarian. She's just like, what? Like now she's on this holy crusade and she's like, dude, I'm just a vet. Like she even tries to throw it away. It winds up back in her possession. And of course people are trying to get it. So now she has a priest who's like fighting along with her. But the odd thing about it is even though it's supposed to be this fight between the Catholic church and I guess the devil or whatever, there's something about it that felt very pagan as mm-hmm. I was watching it, you know. So a lot of the magic felt very pagan. So this that's the kind of vibe. Is magic Christianity, pagan. I will say that every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think actually talking about like Spanish specifically, the language, I screenshot one panel from the comic, and this is also not a spoiler. It's just one panel. It's giving you pretty much zero context. Um, but it's a line that Althalia, that Leah says, that's like, um, you know, feeling ashamed of her, her Spanish language. And Abuela says to her, that's okay. The ancestors that I was telling you about didn't speak Spanish either. And I was like, ooh, damn. Ooh, ooh, ooh. First of all, that hits. But second of all, I think that that's something we've been talking about a lot, you know, last year and this year about like, there's so many layers to get through, to get back to an indigenous practice. And there's so much that maybe you miss when you are, like if we're working in English, we're missing stuff from Spanish. And if you're working in Spanish, you're missing stuff from like whatever the Taino language is called. Um, it's a form of Arawak. It's, it's one of the Arawak languages. And so it's very much this sort of constant journey of uncovering and and getting back in touch with and i think for a lot of people especially a lot of like 
Spanish and Hispanic people in America, that feeling of like not having as strong of a connection to your language plays such a big part in your life. Undoubtedly, it's going to play a big part in your magic as well. Yeah, there have been several books that have come out on the Taino language, and it's been revamped maybe about a year ago where people have said, no, it probably sounded more like this and maybe it was pronounced more like that. And it gets to the point where there isn't a complete library um, or a complete vocabulary, I should say. There's no way. And even when they're um, creating words, they're taking words that they do know they spoke. They're looking at other Arawak languages and kind of making connections. We've 100% in the Caribbean lost the mm -hmm. actual language and it's funny because you know the kids that i teach a lot of times you know there's a term they use no sabo right for the kids that don't know how to speak spanish and it's a way for them to make those kids feel bad because they've mm -hmm. lost their culture and i was telling my second period class this past year they were talking about something and i said well we're all no sabos and they looked at me and they're like, you speak Spanish. I'm like, do you speak the language of that country? Because you speak the colonizer Spanish. <laughs> right? As do I. Yeah. Like, let's face it. We, we, I said, they took it from us, you yeah. know, and we're never going to get it back. So, and so, so the kids were like, damn, you know how they get? We're like, oh, yes, so we're like, ooh, hits. that's deep, miss. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make all kids realize that there are some countries where you still have the indigenous languages being spoken and those languages need to be preserved like people need to really you know i, I know it's impossible to say learn it who you're going to speak it with but it's it's so precious to be able to have yeah. that and yeah i forgot about that yeah when abuela says that to her that hit i took a screenshot really of hit. it because i knew i was like this moment in the book in the in the graphic novel can i call it a book yeah it's a book i just don't know the, what the logistics are <laughs> tangent i don't know I mean, what the logistics are like do you call a comic a comic it's a comic book but it's i feel weird calling it a book do you know what i mean oh okay so this is the way i differentiate okay this is a book because it has chapters it's a graphic novel specifically because That's the it's type art of book okay, it okay, is. okay 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 right a comic book is like one chapter or like you know micro stories inside yes. okay this right? i'm gonna go with that that makes total sense to me yeah. I knew that that moment of this book was, like, one of the most important moments. Like, that was I, – I, it's not the climax of the story, but it's, like, a climactic moment. Um, yeah. And I think there are a lot of those little, like, reassurances in the book, especially if you're reading it and it is your culture, to be like, hey – person who maybe isn't living in Mexico or isn't in touch with their ancestral practices like it's okay you're okay I would love for somebody if somebody that's listening to us is Mexican and has read this I would love to hear their insights on it because I'm a little bit lost too right yeah. I don't and, and again so it's not like Gemini's lost but I know all the information no <laughs> you know we don't and I like that because like you said, I'm going to second it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt like I learned a little bit stuff that I have to look up, really. And I just thought that it was great storytelling, not putting brujas in a bad light. Yeah. But really talking about the threat, right? Because that's the other thing here. You know, the Catholic Church really represents the more conservative people that are just terrified yeah. of not just magic, but 
the matriarchy. If we're really going to be honest yeah. here, right? The line is not through her dad. It's not a line of boys. Yeah. Right? It's the women. Wow, I didn't even think about that, but you're completely right. I'm watching the comic back in my head and being like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm watching her eyes. She's like, like the file, the, the file there's, in her brain. She's like going through it. There's a meme of like this kid who memorized the movie Shrek. And so he would like watch Shrek on his eyelids. And so like he'd be going to bed and his dad would be like, are you up watching Shrek? And it's just the kid watching it in his head. Some people are like crazy like that with their brains. They could do cool wow. shit. But that's what I was doing. That is cool. I was okay. trying. I can't visualize, but I'm like trying to do each page in my head yeah that's the meme um thought that i had while we're talking about this because we're reading a comic book from a culture that neither of us are a part of and we both really enjoyed it and i think it's super fun and i can't wait to like do volume two or you know however many volumes are coming out i hope out. there's another volume soon but i also think about what if what if somebody who is from this culture hates it and then I thought about Lore Olympus, which is this incredibly popular webtoon um, online comic. It's got books that have come out. And it's it's a story about the gods of Olympus, but sort of in a oh. weird modern. It's like very cool. I am basically up to date on it. But I remember when I first read it, I really didn't like it because they had made a narrative choice with the god Apollo that I felt really strongly against um it makes total sense in the story and the way that they've <laughs> i only know this this woman's uh twitter handle and her twitter handle is used band-aid the way that used band-aid writes the story is captivating and interesting and i like i've gotten over it it's a fictional story but as someone who like worships those gods i was like excuse me um, and so it's sort of like, I want to know what, like, a Mexican witch thinks about this, but I also want to say, like, it's, it's fiction, um, and it's not, it's not going to be a perfect representation of anybody's indigenous practice, because it can't be. Right, right. Because it's not even a real practice. They're, exactly. They're kind of, yeah, they're, they're playing with stuff, and, and people have to know that. And yeah, we're not telling you to read this, so now you know something. No, now you know, I Now think... you can be interested. Right, but I was going to say, hopefully you now know a little bit about storytelling, good storytelling, yes. and what good storytelling can be telling, quote-unquote, one of our stories, yes. right? Because it's it's obviously fiction, it's not real. But I think it's important. I think we need more works like this. Yeah. We need everything, not just graphic novels. We need novels where... It's witches telling a story or somebody who knows the culture telling a fictional story. I think we have, I don't know how people feel about practical magic. I watched it and I love it. I feel like that comes really close. Again, just like the comic book. If you don't have special effects, no one's going to watch a witch movie. Yeah. If you if you recorded us, if we had the real housewives, the real witches of Stop. the Laura Hudson Valley. Okay, actually, can you imagine? I think funny. that they should do the real witches of Salem. I think that that would be a fucking sick, like, real housewives thing. I would watch that reality show 110%. But let's face it, what would we be looking at? 
No, the reality, I would be, it's a reality show. Yeah. It's like the Real Housewives, but with witches. I would watch that. Um, this is, this is great. This is a great tangent because this is a thing that I think about all the time. Um, I have a tenuous relationship with the term writer at this point in my life. I was, I wrote a lot as a young person and I write a lot less now, but I wrote primarily fantasy. And there was always this sort of, like, I always wanted to write a story about witches. And then I just never did it because it was like, well, I want it to be, I want to write a story about witches. But you can't write a story about witches without that supernatural stuff, without the, the, the special effects. You can, but then it's just a story. And I never want to write a story about regular people. And it's this weird sort of, because on the one hand, like, I want more stories about, like, like practical magic style stories where it's just, like, some witches hanging out and some some things happen and we, you know, and life goes on. But stories where the first comic book page is this, like, big magical fight are really cool and interesting. And so it's like, where's the, like, witches are normal people, but I think that's super boring. So I don't want to read stories about normal people, and yet I want more stories about witches as normal people. If we wrote stories or if somebody wrote stories about witches as normal people, everybody would be bored. Everybody would be... Yes! But what I would like to see is maybe a story about something else. And it just so happens yeah. that one of your neighbors or one of, you know, whatever happens to be a witch. You know, it would be kind of nice. But I think, and again, I think it's just Hollywood has gotten into our brains that we need to have all this, all this stuff. <laughs> the, the place that my brain went for this is I, so reads of the summer everybody's reading colleen hoover um she writes like i guess romance novels i don't know i've just seen it okay. everywhere i've I heard her name a bunch of it times. ends with us is i think one of her books okay. um and everybody's reading sarah j moss's akatar um a court of thorns and roses series i'm an akatar bitch right i'm a okay. fairies and like traveling to different worlds bitch and i need some people to write like colleen hoover books but with like a, a witch as a main character or like a pagan as the, the female lead of these like books of the summer. Because I'm not doing it because I'm reading stories where like, we traveled to Prithian. <laughs> We're in a new land. I'm a fairy now. <laughs> Which is why I like comics like this, because it's like, it's the perfect mix of the two. Like, I'm still interested. It's fun. It's dynamic. There's crazy shit happening. But it's also like, I'm a normal girl. Sort of. Yeah. Even her best friends aren't normal. They have yes. something else going on. That I'm not going to say, because I think that's kind of cool to, like, figure yes. out what they are. But, yeah, it's like a updated Scooby gang. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I think it's really good. No, it's it was really, it's a cute read. It's a fun read. It's an easy read. You know, comics are not, like, dense, which I really enjoy for summer reading. Because you can just kind of, like, I got through it in an hour. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about manga and how long it took me to get through Junji Ito's Tomei. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Because those were short stories, but seriously, it's like you read, you go in. It's like when you're watching a bunch of YouTube videos or TikToks, right? And you just go in and you can't get out. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, like, your mind's a little fucked up after you read yeah, Junji Ito. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I don't, I don't. Junji Ito is creepy as fuck, and that is not for me. 
Yeah, I love him, but I have to admit, like, I'm not right in the head after I finish. <laughs> like, I have to then, like, you know, like, watch an episode of Shit's Creek or something just to bring yeah, me back. Something, it's like, like, wholesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it went dark. You need, you need wholesome. Yeah, I'm, that's the perfect way to say it. So, yeah. So if you're struggling reading something really dark, I recommend Shit's Creek. It's on Hulu. <laughs> that's the most wholesome show that's on TV. Oh, David. It, I love that show so much, but that's a different story. See, they, they need a witch. Why they can't a, they have yeah, a witch Schitt's on Shit's Creek? That would have been awesome. That's all it needed. Would have been so happy. So yeah, so run out and buy season of the Bruja. I don't know if there's anything else we want to say about it. I mean, it seems like this was kind of short. We didn't. I would like to jump into a little bit of a spoiler conversation. Uh oh. About okay, what are you spoiling? I want to talk about the end of the book. So spoiler warning here. I'm gonna come back in and editing Gemini will tell you like how long to skip um, if you don't want to hear the spoilers. Okay. That's fair. I think that's good because maybe somebody's already read it. Right. And they, they want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Editing Gemini. So from about 2545 to 3130, there will be spoilers for Season of the Bruja Volume 1. I was really... The, the end of this book where she takes the demon and uses the demon soul to get into the land of the dead and it takes her to hell was so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I loved that, I loved that if you're going to make, like, the church the villain, that then there's this crossover, like, okay, well, I'm going to use evil against itself. Um, the big blue guy is Satan. Yeah, well. Because he refers to God as the father, right? So he's not God. He's Lucifer? right. See, yes, that's what I thought. But then there's also a part of me that's going, is he really Lucifer or is he supposed to be something of their tradition? Right? Like this guy, God. Do you know what I'm saying? This guy, God. Almost like, is he part of their pantheon? Because I felt like. the church's pantheon. He was letting. Because he didn't look like Lucifer. He was letting what's her face, the the goddess, out at the end. So it was like. They trapped their gods through the oppression kind of energy. That's how I was. This is why I wanted to talk about it because, like, it's like. Oh, I see what you're saying. So he trapped her. The the, the church is hell and the church is devil. But he clearly like is fucking trapped. around because he's the de- he's like oh. So it's like right. It's this weird. I can't. That's what that's what really made me want volume two. Is like, I'm. I was pretty sure this was Satan. But I also was, like, not entirely sure. And then the church dude, the priest, was just, like, talking to him like it was no big deal. So, like, is he Satan? Th- that's what I'm saying. I don't think... I don't know. Now that you said that, I don't know. I I thought he was, and I also thought he wasn't. I thought he had to be something else. Unless they're just trying to tell us that it's all the same, right? Since they're so corrupt and evil, the church is evil, yeah. why wouldn't they talk to Satan? They obviously have Satan. Satan's on the payroll. Satan's how they get sinners, quote unquote, sinners to do the right thing. So why would he be separate from the Pope guy? Yeah. And I liked the the idea, if he is Satan, I like the idea of him being blue because historically uh, hell was actually very cold and it wasn't until Dante's Inferno that people considered that hell might be hot. Um, Mm. So it was nice to be like, kind of like a real throwback, (laughs) like like all the way back. 
to original Satan. Okay, but the problem that bothered me about him, and I'm going to flip through the pages so I can get him. Um, he he looks. Uh, where is he? He was giving he, yeah, me he Aladdin does look like vibes. A there we go. There he is, and he's got a third eye, and. Then I was, that's when I said, is he the devil? He's supposed to be representing something else. Is there some other creation, mm-hmm. creature, deity, person, whatever, that he's supposed to be representing and I'm just not getting? Because, yeah, he was giving me something completely different vibes visually. Which might might be the point. Maybe. See, there's even annotation in here. Which I'm, now I'm really loving. You know what I wasn't yes. loving? If we're still spoiling? No, we can't Why? spoil what? that part. Grandma? Uh, we're in spoiler territory, so I we can say it. Okay. Like, I thought she was really getting her out. Oh, no, I knew. I knew that was going to be like an Orpheus and Eurydice thing. How did you know? Oh. You know what? I think it's because it's the first book and I thought it's because she needs he grandma. Said she needs she grandma to take catch. her to... And he didn't tell her. That was the catch the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That it wasn't real. Broke my heart all over again. Good. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about Um, this? I'm going to... The spoilers. No, I think that that's pretty much the two big spoilers. I like when she casts this thing on the ground... It's like, it also gave me what culture is this vibe. Which thing on the ground? Do you know what I mean? She puts like this protection thing. She's trying to go oh, the, into another the, realm. Oh, the, the white chalk. So she the like pentagram the... vibe. Yeah. It's, yeah. I liked yeah. that the magic that we're seeing her do is this very like Enochian demonology, like exactly what you expect magic to be thing. And yet mm-hmm. it's so clear that, like, this isn't hers. Like, she's using this because yeah. she can, but it's not, that's not the power that's coming through her. I don't even think that we're 100% sure Agreed. what the power is that's going to come through her. And I like that we don't know yet because she's so important, we realize, in this book. Yeah. She is so important. And... And she's just realizing it and we figure it out by the end and it's like, yeah. and then, okay, goodbye. <laughs> see you next time. So, yeah. So season of the Bruja part two Agreed. needs to come out. I'm we going to it. say that now is when I will uh, end the, so when I go back and do my timestamp, it'll be like 31 minutes is where we stop. Um, if you missed the the spoilers, like read the read it and then come back and listen to them. There's not a... T- it's not a ton, but there, I have thoughts, and maybe you have thoughts, and like, let us know what your thoughts are. This is like, this, oh, this is like which Facebook club? That's so cute. Oh yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. And what's nice about this book is I think didn't we talk about Sabrina yes. one summer? Yes, we did. I don't. Know if we talked about the graphic novel. Or we talked about. I think we the talked show. about the show. I think we talked about the yes. show, the Chilling Adventures. Yeah. I mean, I read the graphic novel as well, but this is just nice because this is, it's still fiction, but it feels real. Yeah. Yes. If that makes any sense. 
this just feels realer than anything that I've read, even though, again, there's so much fantasy in here. I think people are going to enjoy it. I would like to know if people are reading anything that's like this. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a graphic novel. It could be, you know, poetry, short stories, a novel. I mean, Alice Hoffman wrote Practical Magic. I don't know what else she's written. I don't know if she does mm. that kind of stuff. You know, I really haven't looked into her. So, yeah. So, well, we before we disappear real quick, oh, do you read a lot of, like, witch stories? No. Do you want to read more? What's your relationship? Maybe. That's a good question. Okay, so I'm trying to remember where the heck I was where I saw this book. And I was like, you're coming home with me. I want to say it was Forbidden Planet in New York. And I urge everybody, it's a small business, Forbidden Planet, New York City. They have an online presence. Definitely check them out. I want to say it was in Forbidden Planet. And I feel like comic mm-hmm. books just jump out at me. Like, I just go, you know how you, there's like there's all these jokes that you hear about, like, you don't go yes. to Target with yes. an idea. Target Correct. tells you what to buy. I love that. That's Forbidden Planet. I walk into Forbidden Planet and I'm just like, <laughs> what needs to come home with me? Present yourselves. Like, I found a graphic novel on Bill Lugosi. I didn't know there was a graphic novel on Bill Lugosi. That's very you, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, have I read it yet? No. That is so fun. What? Summer reading challenge. Go to a bookstore and let something jump out at you. Oh. That's so fun. Actually, I bought, I'm looking around, I bought two books this summer. One is called, a book of essays called Adult Drama. And I don't remember the other one, but it's about, like, this person's mother was a young lord and their father was something else. And they're, like, activists in New York City. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this has just got me all over it. So I picked it up. But do I want to read more books? Um, like, like with fiction specifically. You can say no. Uh, okay. No, I was going to say graphic novels, yes. Fiction, I would need somebody to tell me what it's about before I even read it. Because, okay, I never read Practical Magic. I saw the movie. If mm-hmm. someone had told me, like, there's a book and it's about, like, you're not going to believe it. Like, yes, just there is some fantasy in there. But for the most part, these women could be Wiccan or something. I would have picked up the book. I just feel like if I buy it, it's going to be some schlocky crap. And I'm not going to want to read it. Whereas this, I kind of took like a leap of faith. Like I saw the authors and I was like, all right, well, you know, it's not people that aren't part of the culture necessarily. So why don't I just give it Mm -hmm. a shot? You know? So I don't know. Have we discussed on the podcast yet that I love spoilers? Okay. Yes. I don't know if we discussed on the podcast. I know I know that. Podcast anymore. We've been doing this for so long that I don't know what conversations I've had here and what I've had other places. So if I've done this before, forgive me, audience, but I fucking love spoilers. And one of the things that I like to do is read the blurbs, like the Wikipedia descriptions of books, before I read them. Because I don't like to DNF books. I don't like to do not finish books, but I will. Um, But if I can skip that call it a day i love to look at like the instagram stories and the tiktoks book talk was great while i was still on tiktok because yeah tell me what the fucking book's about so i like boom 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 i love this energy um 
what other thing was I going to say based on this? You said something and I was like, never mind. Fuck me. <laughs> It'll come back. I'll start talking That's about true. something. And then yes. when you think of it, just interrupt me. So it drives my husband crazy. But like if we're watching a show or a mm-hmm. movie that's too intense, like I'm getting nervous for the characters. Like I just go on my phone. I'll have my laptop yeah. next to me. Yeah. And he knows. Like, what are you doing? Are you looking up? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. I need to know how it ends. I don't want to be surprised. This is causing me a lot of anxiety. I can still be surprised and know what happens, right? Like knowing that like, oh, uh, the the monster is going to kill this one character. Okay, I still am going to see the monster kill the character. That doesn't take the experience away from me. It just makes it a little bit more palatable, a little bit easier to consume. I am, oh, I'm so pro-spoiler, it is absurd. I, it just, it like, it doesn't change your reading of the book or your watching of the film. It doesn't take away, like, you're still experiencing that thing. You're just experiencing it with context. Um, I just wanted to jump to something. Another book that yes, I bought ma'am. recently. I bought this at a bookstore called Blue Stocking. In the Lower East Side, I think they also have an online presence. I want to say they are trans-operated and owned, but they're definitely LGBTQIA owned. Um, and the book is called Brujas, The Magic and Power of Witches of Color. This is not a, a fiction. No, that sounded very academic. I'm trying academic. to think of what this is. I don't know. I'm actually... It's, it says it's part... Because I, I... It says it's part memoir, part ritual Ooh. guide. It empowers readers to decolonize their spiritual practices and connect with their own ancestors. So if this is something you're interested in, and the author is Lorraine Montigut? Montigut? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a book. I have not read it yet. I've, I've picked that up. Um, I'm, As you can tell, I'm really big into small yeah. businesses. And I'm really big. So try not to buy it on Amazon. I'm really big into getting as many books from Amazon as humanly possible and then like having 5,000 books in my Kindle library that I haven't finished. So I'm a problem. (laughs) So do you want to read more books with witches in (laughs) it? No, because I don't want to read books about normal people. So like I will read books like this 110%, but I don't want to read books. Like I just described how I want all of these books about like normal people, but I don't want to read them. I don't think we're ever going to have books because, again, this comic book would be interesting to me if it was just about this girl learning about her practice, um, getting to know her grandmother with nothing supernatural happening, with no whatever involvement of demons and whatnot. But I think it's because I'm Hispanic. I want to read about other Hispanic cultures. Boom. But if you were just like, so here's a girl and she's Wiccan and her grandmother showed her how to make, I don't know. And then what? They went to the market? Like, I wouldn't want to read that either. I think that writers know that. I think writers understand that. And maybe that's why we're never going to get everybody on board with who we are. They understand that every market, whether it is, you know, Cowan or Witch, Everybody wants to see the, the but I, flash. I do think there so is I don't a think market we're ever gonna for, get. like, those stories of 
the Hispanic granddaughter and her abuela or the, you know, Wiccan granddaughter and her grandmother going, like, having those just normal because people read fucking normal people books all the time so i just like oh yeah no i don't read read those books though (laughs) so that's what i'm saying like yeah i think if you had a good coming of age story if you had a there has to be another hook it can't just be the witchcraft here is the hook you don't need to have a lot going on you don't need to explain a lot about the world they live in you know, like, yeah. what do people do for, for work? Uh, what do, We don't need to know any of that you know because they're want? not normal people. I would really right? like a listener Uh-oh. or a handful of listeners, anybody, just, like, send us an email. Don't even message us on Instagram because I need, like, some text for this one. If you read normal people books, can you please tell me why? Um, because, like, and then this is, I'm, I don't even mean this. Define books normal about people, people books, living Define normal lives. It. Right, like coming of age stories about Hispanic granddaughters and their grandmothers talking to each other about like their ancestors with absolutely no special effects at all. And I don't even mean this in like a bitchy way or anything. Like I just, I need to know. I need to know. I need to know how the other half lives. Like, can you just can someone send me an email and explain it to me? Because I like I don't know. It doesn't sound bad. It it it's just not mine. You know, it's just not my vibe. Scorpio went and picked up a book. Okay, so this is the book that I just told you that I, I got at this. There's another small bookstore called That's Book Club. That's cute as fuck. Is it just called Book Club? Yeah, Book Club. It's books, wine, and coffee. Where's this? It's got a... Oh, oh my gosh. God, it's on 3rd Street so by Avenue B. You gotta go to the city. <laughs> Let me 100%. tell you something. Yeah. You would like that street. But anyway... So I got this there, and it's a novel, Olga Dies Dreaming. Okay, this is what it's about. It's 2017, and Olga and her brother, Pedro Prieto Acevedo, are bold-faced names in New York City. Sorry. Prieto, a popular congressman representing their gentrifying Brooklyn neighborhood. Olga, a Tony wedding planner from Manhattan, Penhattan's Power Brokers. Years ago, their mother, Bianca, a young lord turned radical, abandoned her children to advance a militant political cause. Now, in the wake of the most devastating hurricane in Puerto Rico's history, Blanca has um, has come barreling back into their lives. That's a normal story. Yeah. So, I read Why? normal books. See, how does the other half live? Explain it to me, Scorpio. <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. This is where I live now. And I used to live in fiction land. That was it. That's all I ever wanted to read. Now, if I pick up a book, here are the requirements. It's got to be scary. Like, I want some Fernando Iwasaki um, flash no. fiction or Luisa Valenzuela. Uh, I want Junji Ito manga. I want um, graphic novels. But this speaks to me because... It's a, it's a Puerto Rican story, but it looks interesting. It's not just it's a Puerto Rican story. Just this idea about the gentrification that's happening in Brooklyn. I, it wasn't that long ago they took the sign down on Graham Avenue that said Avenida de Puerto Rico. And in the middle of the night, Damn. they went and they took that off. Why? Because the neighborhood is gentrifying and the new people, they don't want to see Avenida de Puerto Rico because that's not cool. You don't want to live in a you Gross. know that kind of neighborhood. So that's interesting to me. Um, the fact that Blanca's a young lord and now she's come back after the hurricane, that hurricane, Puerto Rico is still feeling the effects. Mm-hmm. 
right? Of Hurricane Maria. So, you know, again, this is fiction. There's nothing about this that is going to be real. I'm not going to learn about the history you of Puerto might. Rico or New York. But this is definitely mm-hmm. somebody's take on the shit that is happening right now. And right now, I mean, more stuff has happened. I mean, can, can we go off topic of yeah. witchcraft for just We've a second? We've kind of been. Okay, Okay, so anybody who knows someone who is applying to college and is feeling defeated because of the affirmative action, Harvard gave out a great tip, and I'm hoping that educators everywhere, I'm revamping Mm -hmm. my college essay unit. They can't ask you about race, but you can absolutely write about it in your college essay. Mm -hmm. The effects, right, that it has had on you, the experiences you've had meeting other races, like Mm -hmm. cultures, religion, you can talk about it in a meaningful way. So if you know anybody who's like, you know, what's the point? There is a point that college essay, get to work on it now. If somebody in your family, somebody in your friend group, somebody needs to hear this, tell them, work on your college essay. That's going to be the most critical Mm -hmm. thing you can do for, for colleges. Don't give up. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. But going back to books, <laughs> the normal books that I read are very few and far between, right? Like to me, I don't know that I consider horror necessarily not- a normal book. I'm not reading Stephen King. Like I don't want Stephen King. I want somebody who's going to write something that makes me go, holy crap, I've never seen anything That's even like funnier because like Stephen right? King I want something writes different. horror, but like horror is not normal and you're like no i need i need less normal than the normal horror i need to be farther away from normal yes like i used to read clive barker because stephen king wasn't cool this is years ago okay when his books of blood came out i was Mm -hmm. like all about it and clive barker's too normal now like when it comes to even the movies i watch like if you have not seen a movie by alex de la iglesia if you like horror because he weaves in horror and comedy and he's just a genius. Like, I need something else. Like, you know, my horror can't be vanilla. That's. I need a different I kind of horror. I don't need. I can read vanilla fantasy. I really. I will read. I need world building. That's all I need. I just need a world to exist and then I'm good. I will happily occupy that world for however long it, I need to. I just think that everything has been done. I like yeah. good writing. Good writing. You know, um, I recently saw Casablanca again. And it had been years since I'd seen it. Such smart writing. The House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. It's not going to scare yeah. anybody. Like, you don't like horror? You could watch this. You would probably laugh during some of the scenes because of the effects. and But the writing. Girl, the things yeah. that the characters say to each other. The witty banter. Like, it's all about that. Like, actually, yeah. So have we talked good about writing. the only horror movies that I have ever enjoyed? No, I don't think we have. You, we I don't watch the scary subject movies. when, um, when I mention horror. I don't horror. know if they count as horror movies. I know one of them does. I don't know if the others do. The only horror movies that I've ever watched okay. are Sam Raimi's Evil Dead films and his Drag Me to Hell. Okay, you don't like horror, but you've Evil watched Dead Evil Dead? It's so like, Evil I Dead's know, but brilliant. it's also like Evil Dead. The first Evil Dead movie was made on like a fifty dollar budget. You know what I mean? So like, it's oh, yeah. so easy to just yeah, be like, 
sounds so stupid. Ha ha. It's scary, but it's not. Ha ha ha. So what you've just told me is that you and I can connect on a, <laughs> a, very a B movie, space. a horror B movie. But see, that's where I live, bitch. That's where I live. If anybody wants to know what the best horror for me it either has to have mm-hmm. really good writing, like 30 coins. By the way, Alex de la Iglesia is one of the producers of that show, which is, I think is why it's so brilliant. So give me a twist on something. Mm-hmm. Make me think, right? 30 coins makes me think. Or be a terrible B film, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker is one of the best horror films because it is, you're not going to be scared. The writing is, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like a big Sam Raimi Sam fan. So ridiculous. Sam fan. That's Sam where I'm Amy's at. Genius. Yes. Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't want anything like mainstream horror. Like, yeah, I'll watch the Halloween films. I am completely disappointed. I know what's going to happen next. I, there's nothing there that's phasing me. Oh, you know, and you know I'll what? Go Actually, back wait. Because there's I grew another, up with there it. was a movie. Oh, fuck. It's a. I watched it with my husband, with Mr. Gemini. It was a movie that was like a spoof on traditional horror movies where like all the teens go in the forest. And it's. um. No, 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 no. Scary it's movie? About, it's about, like, With hillbillies. the Wayne brothers? No. It's about... Oh, fuck. I'm going to Google it. If you're going to tell me you watch no, The Devil's no, 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 Rejects no. That's or actually House scary. of a Thousand Corpses... I think Alan Tudyk is in it, and I love Alan Tudyk. Um, it's some some hillbilly movie. How do I spell this man's name? Tudyk. I'm Googling things. Hillbilly movie. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay, wait a minute. I think that was playing at Flying Fox Tavern when I went to eat one day, and somebody said, "Isn't that Tucker?" It is. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that movie made it so that I'm not afraid of wood chippers anymore, which is insane because I was afraid of wood chippers for years because of horror movies. And somebody fully goes through a wood chipper in this movie, and I'm like, "Ha ha, it's so funny." Listen, I got you. If you, if you want horror films that are yes. not going to scare you and make you laugh, I'm telling you right now, you've got to see Killer Clowns from Outer Space and you've got to see Frankenhooker. If you are not laughing the entire time over the ridiculousness right, of, of these movies. Um, yeah. But but good. But the writing is good. Like the premise, like these, I'm not going to tell you how the clowns get you. But like every time they showed something, I was like literally cheering going that is such an excellent way yeah. to portray this. Like, just good writing. Um, even though the acting is bad and everything else is bad. But, um, yeah, and B-Films I... is where it's at. Oh, so, yeah, yeah so why do you why read, do I go. read? Go ahead. So why do I read normal books? I read normal books if they speak to an aspect mm-hmm. of me. So if there was a New York City witch, let's mm-hmm. say, right? If right now they had changed this, right? Olga's a Tony wedding planner. No, Olga's a... Bruja, working in one of Manhattan's mm-hmm. witch shops. You could easily do that and I would still buy this book. Not because she's a witch, but right. because everything else works. First of all, I know this is a Puerto Rican tale, a New York Rican tale. Mm-hmm. Something's happening now. Would I read something if you said to me that, you know, it's written now, but it was, you know, it's 1978. Yeah. And the Young Lords have just, whatever, disbanded or something like, I'd probably go, eh. Right? But there's something fresh. It's new. It's, I I also want to support Puerto Rican authors. I don't know if she's Puerto Rican. I'm going to assume she is. She's at least, with the last name Gonzalez, 
she is Latina of some way. And you can I get love audio books. Audio, Actually, so I think the last thing that I would like to talk to you about um, for this, because we are now at a regular episode length instead of a short episode length. Um, oh, okay. How do you feel about audiobooks? Okay. I think audiobooks are great. I think we can't be ableist and assume that everybody uh, can read, you know, um, a paperback or whatever, a hardcover book. So I think that audiobooks are great. For me, I will not pay attention. Fair. You know, have I ever used them? Yeah, absolutely I have. But they have to be specific yes. situations like I'm working out or, you know, because now my body is focused on doing something, my mind yes. can go somewhere else. But if it's just me listening and I'm just hanging out, chilling, no, no I'm not going to pay that. attention. ADHD, I'm going to go absolutely. somewhere else. Yeah. I um, was yeah. one of those assholes once upon a time when I was younger who was like, audiobooks aren't real books. And they are. They so are. They're like the best. I love mm. listening to audiobooks when I drive. I love listening to audiobooks when I clean. I love listening to audiobooks. Um, so anything that is available on audio is a huge plus for me. And I agree with you as well. It's pretty fucking ableist to be like, oh, audiobooks don't count. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. Another reason why I probably will never go to audiobooks. I'm a hoarder. I like when I see a book I like, I want to own. I want to touch it. I want to feel it. Uh, that could be another reason why, yeah. you know. But yeah, I, I do get distracted easily. But yeah, pick up an audiobook, man, this summer. Like if that's that's your jam, jam. I don't know how that would work on a graphic uh, you probably novel. Can't. Though. Audiobook probably or graphic can't novel. Yeah. Couldn't you have like? I just thought of something. Why couldn't you have like an accompaniment? Like you scan this QR code and then you can have it on audio. That might be kind of cool yeah, for a graphic novel. Yeah, you probably could do that. Honestly. You know, or or if you didn't want to do that, you could have a graphic novel on audio and instead of having all these obviously it's not going to be a graphic novel, it's not graphic, but I'm thinking of like the old mm -hmm. TV shows. Have you ever heard of the old TV shows when they used to TV shows, the old radio oh, shows? Oh yeah, like when that the one guy shows, what's his right? face, scared all of Britain into thinking they were under attack. War of the Worlds. Yes. Yes. So, yes, Orson Welles. So, what if you had right, like the shaking of a what's it? They used to use some metal thing yes. for for thunder, and you have the clomping yes, of yes. the horses, you know, whatever. Like you could absolutely do maybe not a graphic novel, but tell that story in a way that's exciting for the listener. Yeah. And it's not just straight reading. That's something that maybe there's an art form to that and it needs to come back. Every once in a while, I saw one live. A friend of mine was in a radio, like it was the theater, but they that's would cute. do radio shows. So you would go and really listen. And honestly, they were really engaging. So maybe for people who are thinking, well, you can't do a graphic novel. Well, no, you can't, but you could yeah. produce it that way. And it's not the same, but it's definitely not an audiobook. It's definitely something more. So that's something to consider for people who maybe can't read a graphic novel, but yeah. want something, you know, it's not, it's not an audiobook. It's definitely something fun. It's definitely something that's going to get you on the edge of your seat because they're actually and, acting yeah, it I out. Do absolutely Some, hate amazon as a company but the kindle interface for reading comic books is personal i find it really good it's comiXology so if you have comiXology but if you don't you can read your comic books on your kindle or cell phone and it like you can enlarge each panel 
and go through each panel. It's really, it was, it's a great way to read a comic book if you can't read a comic book physically. So lots of options, um, lots of stuff that we've talked about that you can incorporate into your summer. Uh, read Season of the Bruja and let us know if you liked it, but also watch some scary movies and email us about whether or not normal books are good. Yeah, all of that. And next episode, we're going to be talking about other summer things. And in case you're wondering what's the next summer reading, we're actually not going to be reading the same thing. We have decided to take some witchy fanzines that we bought from Catland Books. We bought different fanzines and we're going to talk about them and why you should also be incorporating fanzines into your your reading. So in case you're wondering, just a little heads up of what's coming this summer before we get back into... Maybe the more serious. I think this, yeah. this stuff is kind of serious, so we need this. But yeah. All right. Thank you so much to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you to y'all for being the best audience ever. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Mm-hmm.